Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, welcome back to Believe in K-Pop. This is your host, Antia Isit. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you're all having a great week with a lot of assignments to do. And uh, if you are listening, uh, I just wanted to send you a lot of positive energy for this week. Uh, hope all your um, goals and achievements are fulfilled this week. So moving on to our guest, as I promised in our previous episode, I do have a guest this time. I'm not ranting. This is not a solo episode. And our guest is one of the special people that I got to meet uh, this year. And I'm really happy that uh, through Believe in K-Pop, I'm bringing out such personalities who have been working behind the screens for a long time. So uh, she is one of those delegates. She is Angela Lee, the founder of an Australian-based K-pop bootcamp, The Academy, 2016. She is an entrepreneur for almost two decades, and uh, she has been exploring a lot with K-pop. If you're going to ask me about The Academy, it is an Australian-based K-pop bootcamp formed in 2016. It is in Sydney. Uh, its primary objective is to connect Australia with Asia, of course. And uh, we have a lot of K-pop events and they have a boot camp for uh, training idols. They have annual K-pop boot camp training period that happens for 8 to 10 days of training program where trainees are given lessons on acting, uh, dancing, vocal, modeling, and whatnot. So this person is ultimately behind screens, uh, helping to recruit or see 
idols so i'm sure that pretty much a lot of people are in line and we might see a lot of idols popping up soon so it is such an honor and pleasure to have angela lee welcome angela hello hello uh thank you for having me on board as well <laughs> So uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if I have missed out a few points in the introduction, would you like to continue and let our audience know what you exactly do and how the process goes on? Uh, okay, so we as a company, our flagship program is the K-pop bootcamp. So the K-pop bootcamp basically has two purposes. One purpose is actually to work with our entertainment, uh, Korean entertainment agency's partner to look for potential talent. Because it's over eight to 10 days, we can actually monitor them over a longer period of time. Uh, whereas the usual auditions, you, they generally get less than a minute to know whether the person is skilled or not skilled. We can go beyond that. We can go whether the personality is the right fit, whether it's a cultural fit, whether it's a team player and so on and so forth. Uh, but the second objective of our K-pop bootcamp is for people that uh, probably want to try and be a K-pop trainee, mm. but not sure what a K-pop trainee uh, lifestyle is like. So that ten, that eight to ten days will give them the experience, and and we do have people that you know gave up the dream of becoming a K-pop trainee after uh, attending our bootcamp. Thank you so much, Angela, for that kind of a good introduction, and I'm sure that the Aussie trainees have can explore a lot along with you. So when I was looking into your website and. Um, I found the motto really catchy and more relatable to any individual. It is train today and succeed tomorrow. It doesn't only fit for trainees, but for every individual. So how did uh, that motto pop in your head and what is the story behind the motto? We actually had someone um, that is an expert in creating mottos so we actually pay someone to create the motto for us so uh, there was a couple of options and this one was what we felt uh, related most and uh, to what we want to actually achieve mm. and the kind of uh, objective and you know what we want to tell the young people to say hey don't worry about tomorrow about becoming an idol or mm. becoming a trainee you train today first train today and then if you train hard today the success will come but that will be tomorrow so that's why we had the uh so we we finally decided on train today succeed tomorrow as our motto for the company ah that's good <laughs> so um how did the spark to start the academy pop up because uh if i'm right in 2016 i'm sure that k-pop wouldn't have been uh, that impactful in Australia and uh, even having Aussie idols in K-pop wasn't a usual thing. Uh, e just now we have 
uh, Bang Chan, Rose, you know, like taking over the world and uh, spreading the word of Aussies being there in uh, the K industry. So I am sure that it must have been a pretty hard time to start this. And how sure were you that this would actually work after four years and this will actually be a thing among the aspiring idols? So when we started this, uh, there was already a good populations of Aussies that is interested in K-pop. Mm. So while it may not be uh, a majority or mainstream, but there's a good population. And we know that there are people that will love to become a K-pop trainee or K-pop idol eventually. But we saw there's a, there's a gap in the market to actually assist or let people experience what it was like and to bring that k-pop training uh, from korea into australia so that they can experience uh, k-pop training without having to travel to korea uh all, when we were setting up k-pop bootcamp i went to seoul and i stayed in seoul for six months so i did my market research in korea and I understood there was already this kind of bootcamp in Korea, but it was just tailored differently because you have to go to Korea to to experience all of this uh, training experience. So what we wanted to do is bring that um, from Korea into Australia. And that was how we started in 2016. And we weren't sure if there was going to be 2017, but we eventually did okay. The reputation was okay it seems like the uh this kind of training experience was something that the public wanted and they like it so we then went on to 2017-18 and obviously 2019 was our big year when we actually went to produce one-on-one filming site to have our boot camp and that was when we actually have 100 training so that was our biggest year wow that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm sure that the progress is going to keep on growing. And after all this COVID thing is done, I'm going to be sure that there are going to be thousands <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, we, we, we're slightly different. So what is uh, unique in, in a way with our bootcamp is unlike other training program, usually you register, mm-hmm. you pay, and you will get into the program. But for us, we actually have a selection process. So you have to audition to get into the bootcamp. And from the very early stage, once you start the audition process, your audition video is actually viewed by the entertainment agency already. So they pick who gets into the bootcamp. Yeah, so we start that process very early. Oh my god. Yeah. So listeners, if you are aspiring, you are definitely going to join the academy because it has some huge procedures and I think that is cool because uh, once a trainee gets the form and gets in, she she or he is already aware of where she is and where she's gonna go and things so i think that's really cool yeah and because that um, is ranking right so you know exactly where mm-hmm. you rank in that in that first hundred or the first 50 so yeah so you know from you know from this different agency your ranking stays here mm-hmm. and some people return uh mm-hmm. next year for the boot camp wanting to better their ranking as well because 
being a bootcamp trainee the previous year doesn't guarantee you the, the slot for next year. So you have to try audition again. So you have to do and rank and outrank everybody else. Wow, it's a competitive world. We all know that. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so um, we spoke about 2019 and obviously 2020 was kind of bumpy. I don't want to say kind of, it was definitely bumpy. So did you have any online events? And uh, when you had online events, were there people outside Australia from different countries who wanted to be part of this boot camp? Uh, so we cancelled the boot camp in 2020. Uh, we late December we had our first online vocal, mm -hmm. and we actually have uh, Americans joining our online vocals, even though there was time differences. So that was good. So that was a new start for us. But uh, with the situation in Australia in terms of COVID, we were able to uh, build up our residence dance studio mm -hmm. in Sydney. So we're actually able to conduct classes. And right now we are re recruiting and training um, children that are much younger. So not our usual boot camp. So usually for boot camp, we will accept uh, children or talents from 11 and a half years old. Mm -hmm. But for our dance studio, we accept children from five and a half years old. So we got a junior boy group that we have been um, sort of training them in dancing. Mm -hmm. So they are eight years old average. Wow. I really yeah. want to talk to them. You know, like they, they are kids and uh, I'm excited. I hope I get an episode with them too. <laughs> It would be really interesting because they're really hyper and then you, you suddenly feel really old when you talk to them because they'll tell you, oh, which year are you born in 2011? <laughs> and I got a five and a half years old joining us uh, in February. Mm -hmm. So he would be, he's, he's, he would have been born in 2016. Oh, my God. I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I know. Gym. Yeah, even I feel old for them. So, yeah. Well, like most of the K pop idols, the groups that debuted this time, like I hardly go and visit the profiles because they are just going to hurt my heart so bad. So, <laughs> really. yeah, they're usually under 18. They're, mm. they're under 18. But we are, we are currently recruiting for four different agencies mm -hmm. uh, who are all looking for boys born before. A bond between 2002 mm -hmm. to 2007. Yeah. So if anyone is listening to this podcast and is interested, uh, send us an email or Instagram uh, DM or you know contact us via our Facebook Messenger because we are definitely looking for boys <laughs> born between 2002 to 2007. Definitely. I hope they do that. Please do it, guys. You actually talk to trainees, you actually get in contact with trainees and you know what they feel and what they're aspiring in their lives. So when they join your boot camp, uh, what is their mental state? What actually is that factor inside them that drives them to be a K-pop idol and not just a singer or a dancer from Australia, but definitely a K-pop idol? This I know this question has been going on around the world for a long time now. But I really wanted to know what is exactly running inside the international trainees who are so confident and are so focused in becoming a K-pop idol. So what is the reason behind it? 
I think K-pop itself has a different magnet to attract young people. It is very glamorous, even though uh, from obviously the condition have improved a lot in terms of training from the second generation now to the third generation, obviously the fourth generation. But the glamour of becoming a K-pop idol, the whole packaging of uh, a successful K-pop idol, even though you, you train hard for it, definitely attract uh, a lot of uh, young talents from Australia to want to try and become a K-pop idol. Mm -hmm. And uh, Australia being where we are geographically, we are close to Asia. Mm -hmm. So we do have a lot of Asian Australian that may not be as successful or uh, not, not necessarily as successful, but may not have the same opportunity in Hollywood, mm -hmm. but in Korea, uh, there is a with the current type of uh, young talents that Korean agencies are looking for. Mm -hmm. Some of the Asian Australian could actually qualify if they are talented in singing or dancing and, mm -hmm. and visually appealing as well. So, so that's an opportunity for them. And you know, obviously, the, the everything that has been happening for the last ten to fifteen years in K-pop general uh, generally have pushed towards a new trend, you know, that whole glamorous trend of a K-pop idol. Well, this is something that is a personal question from my side, maybe, uh, because we have been seeing the industry as K-pop fans and professionals, and we do get a lot of information on how the training session is really hard, tiring, and how restricted uh, restrictive the entertainments are according to k-pop idols but still trainings try thrive to be k-pop idols so what might be the reason behind it i think the fact that uh they see that idols are successful and skill you know from dancing perspective from vocal perspective they they are very well trained to the you know when you debut as an idol so if you're K-pop fans, and when someone debuted, there is certain level of expectation, mm. and I think international friend, uh, fans appreciate the hard training that their idols went through, and to meet that kind of level of quality in terms of dancing or singing, um, unfortunately, it does take years to master it, right? And unlike uh, traditionally, where a lot of the agency in the past you would have had a certain level of quality and some of them not everyone has, has the same level of skills in dancing or singing but mm. when k-pop debut as a group you have to prove that you're as good as everybody right in the same group so to bring yourself up to the same level it takes time to get that cohesiveness as a group as well where solo is a different story, you know, whether you want to become a vocalist or a dancer, that's a different, but as a group, everybody has to be good and neither vocal or rapping or, or the uh, dancing, especially the dancing bit. And mm -hmm. to synchronize, that takes time. And, uh, and that just required training. So mm -hmm. the competition is there. There's a lot of people wanting to be in it. So everybody push harder. And I think 
in Asia, especially, I'm sure, like in the education system in in India, you know, you pushes everybody to be to work harder, get that mm. A's, right? It's like you get ten A's, oh, but I got eleven A's. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it's the same concept from education point of view. Wow, that was really wonderfully put out. So we spoke about K-pop being glamorous in the trainees point of view but uh, being here in the industry for 4 years now and you have your own boot camps running beside you I just wanted to know uh, your perspective of why K-pop is becoming a global phenomenon it's already there around the world but it's still increasing day by day and years after years so what might be the reason behind this entire wave of k-pop i think the different agencies and the way they are always being innovative and challenging the status quo like you know with uh, sm coming out now with virtual idols that's mm-hmm. new Mm. and then obviously you have BTS that spokes that speaks about the inner feeling and being very natural with their language and messages that's that's a theme and and you have other groups that are all coming up and changing and ever changing and refreshing right it's k-pop is not boring because if you miss a week you miss about maybe 10 songs <laughs> or maybe more you maybe miss about three three teams three new groups debuted or even more so that that constant that. change yeah it's very mm-hmm. hard to catch up but because it's so so new and constantly having new content to consume this is where i think k-pop is very very um uh, attractive because there are new contents to consume and it's not the same kind of uh people or the same kind of uh I mean if you look at certain music industry you see someone that you like when you were high schoolers but that person is still there when you're like 40 years old but whereas K-pop is a bit different right they who maybe super junior is a different story so obviously they have uh, progressed from first generation to today and there's a group of fans that follow them through but at least in the new generation K-pop all these different mixes all these different group and all the idol survive show will actually makes you you know you feel like you're now becoming a part of the whole creation of uh, the next group with the idol survive show but even if not the whole concept of having new team debuting all the time or sub units all the time just make a lot more content to consume and that's why kpop is interesting and i think korean language is also very um easy on the ears as well and it's nice to to sing to or to listen to in terms of the music as well it the, the language is sort of fit in so yeah i agree on that and super junior is exceptional we still have new fans falling in love with super junior so i think that is also one of the key traits because the idols hardly seem to age they look like peter pans <laughs> but i think we still see it different age. now like you have um what is it they are 15 16 years of debuting and then you got 35 year old super junior so i think that there's still a little bit of a difference but it you see them evolve um like when mm-hmm. you start uh unfortunately we got seven 
God's heaven is like you, you see them starting out, you know, really young boy, and then they mature, and then you see them going, oh, you know, they have evolved, they become muscular as well, you know, they're now a man and all that. But it's nice to see a group evolve, and that's why even though you like the group, they change in their whole um, the look and feel and their song choices. It's also interesting as well. Exactly. The evolving part, as you mentioned, and with God7, like I'm a God7 fan, so, uh, you know, like from being the teen boys with love crushes to evolving into some deeper concepts and the way Jin Young writes songs is like the ultimate. You can hardly decode the meanings of the lyrics. Mm. So those poetic lines so i do agree with the evolving part mm. so um a few days ago you shared uh, an article which actually spoke about i think it's a paper uh, which spoke about the creative labor that fans invest and how k-pop actually gives uh, other industries people um, fans a different environment to yearn or explore according to jobs they can be creative ones or just non-labor uh, work whatever it might be so how do you see this process because uh, i do agree i literally agree on every point because since k-pop is becoming phenomenal we get to do all the stuffs that we love and some also get to do what they love and yearn from it so how do you see this progress and do you think that k-pop has become essential in people's life so that they can do their work day to day oh i wouldn't say it's essential for everybody's life but i i would say that it's essential for a lot of people now to be listening to k-pop music uh, whether they are working out or whether you know, uh, today wasn't their best day or they're celebrating or whether it's the festive season. Um, but certainly, K-pop has generated a lot of different um, a spin-off in terms of the creative industries, right? And we can see that with a film editor or video editor or filming, because without K-pop covers, you wouldn't need so many people editing videos. And yeah. also with writers like us, you know, um, you know, like I became a writer because I wanted to write about K-pop, but I have seen writers who were actually pushed to learn about K-pop and write K-content so that their lifestyle as a writer can go on because the readers wanted to read K-content, but these writers were more influenced with Bollywood music or Western music and they were writing only about them. But there was a period like maybe around 2018 to 19 where everybody wanted to write K content so that their pieces are read by their fans. Yeah, and you think about the fashion industry as well. Mm -hmm. So obviously uh, with the idols, you know, so into fashion. I mean, yeah, let's just use a K-pop cover as an example. From a K-pop cover, you have creative spin-off with filming with editing, with dancing, and then you have some some K-pop cover groups are really good, right? They they even have to do production setup or even the fashion like like what they wear uh, as a group for that 
cover uh, for cover dance are all very professional some of them so so these are all spin off because they are doing a k-pop cover but if there was no k-pop cover uh it, this wouldn't have existed so mm -hmm. so and I, and then now that we're moving into virtual k-pop idol uh like kda or like uh Aspa, mm -hmm. you will maybe see a new spin-off which is more uh animator card cartoonist drawing you know you there might be a need for them now because once you do a k-pop cover you have to do the uh the virtual virtual cover as well so who knows <laughs> yeah i agree and also with theories because uh when you watch the previous music videos it will be more into the costume and the dance and the vocals but now k-pop groups comes with in-depth theories being prolonged through their albums and there's a lot of concepts they try to bring in they bring in the elements of nature they bring in um i think they also use the diamonds and the treasure whatever the objects that they find in the world they try to bring out a theory there is greek theory there is Latin supernatural theory. power <laughs> yeah exactly so from history to supernatural sci-fic to everything they are trying to bring theories out of it so i think there must be definitely a team who sits there and works on these theories and which i think yeah so i think there should be a quiz here now for like second generation k-pop fans do you still remember exo members and their natural elements Mm, exactly. Now, now they have made us work harder on remembering things like these. You know, like remembering the idol's name and the birthday date is not enough. You have to know which power he has, uh, <laughs> what character he plays, and things. If he is one of the Greek gods or from Roman gods, so all these things. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So that's the uh, different themes that are coming out now. The personas and all that are very interesting as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the supernatural power one is very interesting. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this just this question just popped up in my head. So uh, who are the K-pop idols who are quite popular among the trainees in Australia? Mm, I think Blackpink and BTS can can run away. They they are popular. Straight kids definitely because mm. you know there are Aussies in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So Ortiz are popular too. Mm -hmm. So I think these main these few main groups are definitely popular mm. because you you see so out concert when they were here in Australia. Mm. Like Blackpink so out. Ortiz was good. Uh, Straight kids was good. Uh, BTS definitely so out. So yeah. And then back in those days, there were Big Bang, but obviously it's not happening now. So there's a Brisbane, uh, Brisbane guy, and and our February class we're doing Give and Taken. So, so yes, so the dance, the dance students are all already trying to figure out who will be who in the in that particular uh, Give and Taken choreography. So yeah, definitely. Wow, that is a spoiler, guys. So make sure to update uh, <laughs> it. Yes, well. You know, like Jake is my favorite member. Oh, from Brisbane. Yeah. The Brisbane boy. <laughs> Who are your favorites, Angela? When you started this industry, I'm sure that you would have been a fan, K-pop fan. You still support a lot of groups. I have been seeing your posts. So mm -hmm. who are your favorites? 
Oh, I started a long time. <laughs> it shows my age. I started from HOT. Oh. Yeah, so I'm definitely disclosing my age here. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and obviously super junior, so I'm an elf. Um, been supporting them long time. Uh, I used to really like um, Shindong when uh. Super Junior came out because to me Shindong broke all the stereotype. Mm. Like he wasn't the thin guy. <laughs> he was mm. just a normal guy that I thought, hey, if he can dance, I can mm. dance too. <laughs> so he just gave me that confidence going, yep, you know, if Shindong can do it, I can do it. So I really, I really used to like Shindong. And then um, obviously then I went on to bands. So I like the FT Island. Mm. Ihongi um, is my favorite uh, vocalist. I think he has a very unique voice. But I think the younger generations, there are too many. There are too many. Maybe 17 Joshua. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a lot. A lot of choices these days. Mm-hmm. Can't say that I have a, a bias or a favorite. <laughs> but uh, if you can name one of your favorite debuts of 2020. Twenty. Mm. Wow, so many group debuted last year too. Would that still be? I think and hyphen was interesting from Ireland because mm. it's a very different concept of uh, survival, right? So I don't mind it. So and hyphen was a very interesting concept for me. So that debut was something very interesting for me. Mm. Hmm. That's cool. So uh, thank you so much, Angela, for joining me. It was such a delight talking to you. And I hope you had some fun time discussing about your career and your trainings. No worries. Hopefully one day, you know, I could visit on your continent as well. When oh. travels are, you know, can. I always wanted to do a boot camp in oh. India too. So it's just that the COVID-19 and everything. Because... Mm. In 2017-18, we already had um, Indian um, Aussie in our bootcamp as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very, uh, we, we are open to everybody. So, And I think that uh, with uh, Indians actually picking up on the K-pop uh, wave, mm-hmm. they might be interested in, in knowing how K-pop training is done. And I'm interested in knowing how Bollywood casting is done too. <laughs> Definitely. I would like to you know, like have a separate meet so we can talk about it. Uh, well, I'm from the southern part, so I don't know much about Bollywood because I come from Tamil Nadu. So it is in the south, the south part of India. So the Bollywood is more in the northern? Yes. So Bollywood ba- is basically the Hindi industry of cinema. So mm-hmm. we have our native language, Tamil, and we have our set of cinemas that run in Tamil. Right, uh, okay. So yeah. there's a, a separation. And then how, how do you get the casting? So is there a similar pop group concept in, in uh, Southern India? No, we don't have that similar thing. It is totally new for us to give up kind of. Uh, pop groups formation is entirely new but here we have independent artists who explore but um, unlike Korea we have more interest on cinema just like China where the film industry gets to rule so the actors and actresses have 
the bigger hand than the singers so um we have songs in the movies so the singers mostly like for a long time singers were only dedicating their songs for movies and just few years ago people started releasing albums and started making their own music videos for uh themselves so that's how it has been happening in india on the whole and as well as tamil nadu Cause it'd be surprising. Cause for me, uh, I mean, I I generalizing this right because my understanding is from Bollywood movies. Mm-hmm. It's like dancing is like it's in your blood. So mm-hmm. I would have thought that you know, covers or uh, no, I see a lot of covers. There are good covers, mm-hmm. and I would have thought that pop dancing would have just been easier for you know in, in India to be created because it's like dancing is so easy for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm generalizing this mm-hmm. right because I'm just getting in my Bollywood. Um, cap mm. on and going wow you know they can dance and it's like you get hundreds of people all dancing synchronized mm. i was like wow so so yeah so i'm just interesting hey how come there isn't that idea of you know having pop groups <laughs> i don't know too even i have no idea <laughs> but it, like- is it a trend coming up that uh, with more cover k-pop cover dances there will be more a uh, pop concept in india coming do you see a trend coming definitely uh we recently had a indian kpop group they had a competition and uh, we had a group uh, which actually covered dream catchers pre song and uh, they released it like they sung the song and uh, they came out as a group i forgot the name but uh it is uh getting usual and we had two of our indian idols to be part of the kpop global group called mm, z boys oh, and I... girls yes that's right do you know when they're debuting uh i thought they debuted no they oh, had... i haven't seen them on show they had their own songs from 2019 mm. okay because i haven't seen them on the shows or the ranking so Uh, I thought they haven't debuted, but yeah, yeah. So I saw the international group, the Z Boys and the Z Girls. How mm-hmm. is it being accepted in India with the two members? Yeah, like Indians were actually so grateful and so happy about it. Like, uh, it is totally different in India. We literally enjoy even when the idol names our country, even when he says "Hi India," and we go like "Wow!" So that's how crazy we are, and. Uh, we are kind of thriving to have more concerts and more events uh to make ourselves you know like recognized uh, among the idols so um, this actually became one of the biggest achievement and one of the biggest step for indian fans as well so they you know like every fan took it as a pride of sending them so we literally Uh, like the entire india was so supportive of these two idols and uh, it's like you know like sending someone from your home and that's how it felt when uh, those idols debuted so that's how it happened <laughs> but is a um, other other aspect of like korean culture uh, getting popular in in india like you know korean barbecue and all that yes definitely that we have a lot of uh, 
entities and uh, training centers which actually teach language and culture of Korea. We have the Korean culture organization directly in contact with Korea. So we do have uh, authentic people who come here and teach language. And there are events that's happening. The participants are gathered all around from India and they are asked to perform vocal dance and everything. And they are gifted uh, the ticket to visit Korea. So the mm. final winner gets mm. to go to Korea and uh, see the things that she or he has been dreaming to see. So these are the things that have been happening uh, pretty well. And um, yeah, we are growing and growing. Yes, because I've seen, what was it? There was a Twitter account, I think it's from India. Is it called Destination K-pop? Yeah, that, <laughs> that is where I write for. That is the site I write for. Oh, okay, okay. I, I saw that on Twitter. That that was big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a site website I write for. It is it is considered as the first K-pop website 4K content that was uh, launched in India. So it mm. has been since then, and I have been writing there for almost two years now. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely. So, do you write in English or do you write in your Tamil? No, it's in English. Ah, so you don't actually translate it into your native language? No, we haven't tried. But I did have this idea a long time ago. But somehow I gave up on that. I don't know why. <laughs> because, you know, like English is has become one of the common languages in India. You know, like, uh, even if, uh, you know, like people, all the fans, they kind of uh, observe English really good. And they are comfortable with subtitles in English and articles in English because most of our schools have English medium. Uh, so either it should be primary or secondary. So you can't skip the English language. Uh, so I think uh, writing articles in English also makes us reach fans in India as well as global platforms. So that does not restrict our readers. So that's what mm. I believe. So. Be interesting if there's more, um, more uh, K-pop fans, Indian K-pop covers related article as well. It'd be nice to see the Indian fans' participation in in K-pop. Definitely, I will work on that. Like when people <laughs> come to me asking for that, I write about it. But uh, somehow I wasn't able to connect with all those cover dancers. So if you are listening and you're a person who does dance covers, you can always DM me so I can bring up. Uh, I am interested in writing about it, but as I mentioned earlier before this call and then like handling college and K-pop is kind of hectic. And with three to four comebacks a day, I just go crazy. So <laughs> <laughs> I just go on to a, a channel called K-View. Mm -hmm. And in that channel, I just get the... The new debut for the week, the ranking uh, for the week. So it's like it's my general general. Uh, how do you say my summary for the week? <laughs> and I know who is it. The which, which songs are the popular song? Who are the new song? Who are the new debut groups? Mm -hmm. If not, I can't catch up. Too many. <laughs> exactly, and especially in this generation, fourth generation is hyperactive. Uh, mm. either you know like from youtube contents to v lives to instagram lives they have content everywhere and 
God, <laughs> give me some. Break. Are you? Yeah, and you, and you got to be on Weverse as well, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then with all the of the Survivor show coming, you're gonna be busy too. Yeah, <laughs> but but some you know like this is something that I haven't told the world yet. But I don't watch Survivor shows because I get too connected with the participants, and I wouldn't be able to digest the fact that some of my favorites are gone, and there is the rest of the team here. So um, out of the blue, the groups that I really enjoy watching are from Survivor shows, but. I hardly watch them. Even uh, X One, I started following them after their debut, like since their debut. And even watching the short clips of Produce X One Hundred One will hurt my heart so much. And uh, despite X One being my favorite, there were members who I fell in love after the entire show was done. You know, like uh, we know that. Um, Jin Hyuk or Woo Jin didn't make it up to the X1 line. We are sure about the fact it has been months, and I'm sure that even Woo Jin would have got over it and he would have started preparing his debut. But I was here crying, like, why did they they didn't select Woo Jin? So that's how pathetic I am. So I don't do that. But it's funny how you commented on this. Um, I had a bootcamp trainee telling me, um, because in bootcamp. Right mm-hmm. in our training, the trainees will cry from day one. Wow. <laughs> like the training, they will cry from day one. And one of the bootcamp training is as uh, she came and said to me, "It's like in the past when I watched either Survivor show, I never understood why the Survivor show trainees will be crying, but um, now I do." <laughs> exactly. But so she can feel it now, you know that struggles, that everything, that that her emotion, that raw emotions. Yeah, exactly. Well, as for me, I don't want to experience all that. I already see their faces, and I can understand what they're going through. <laughs> <laughs> it is a mental breakdown for me. So don't break Anthea's heart with other Survivor shows. And I was totally, you know, like my soul literally left my body when X One. Decided to uh, disband. You no, know, like, yes. did you just fight all these days after all those things happening? You just say goodbye because some people made some weird things in the industry. I felt so bad. I cried. I agree. I, cried. I know. X one is a X one would have been good. I think they would have continued well from the first produced one on one group, right? So exactly. I was looking forward to X One, and they they were doing yeah. really well. And then you know all this happened, um, but iZone is still around, so that's that's at least good. Mm-hmm. Although their contract, I think, is about to finish soon as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but you know, with either Survivor show like Captain and all that, and Loud, Loud would be interesting because that would be Sai first group, mm. first boy group. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Don or Hyuna will be the dance trainer or vocal trainer for this uh this boy ah, group. I thought they would be judges. No, they would be trainers. Who knows? No, I think it's about creating a new group. One from mm-hmm. JYP system, one from P Nation, right? So mm-hmm. one red, one blue. <laughs> and I think I'm very keen to see the the 
group from Psy. Because it's like JYP, you see Stray Kids, you see GOT7, you see 2pm, 2am, you kind of have an idea. But this is Psy, P Nation first boy group. Exactly. I'll be interested to see who they will pick in that boy group and the style. <laughs> the style that will come out. Is it sexy? Is it manly? Or is mm. it, you know, what kind of style P Nation will come up with? And especially you got like people like Hyona in there, right? You just <laughs> go, wow, I wonder. I wonder what will be done. We are excited as well because as you mentioned, it's going to be the first K-pop boy group. And with a lot of things happening right now with a lot of debuts last year, they have contents all around the world and uh, you know like they should also be competitive to those are there in the industry so let's see how the competition is gonna be <laughs> we will see soon we will see soon yeah like falling k-pop is also equal to heartbreaks and things <laughs> especially with god seven yesterday i i was totally off yeah, because they've been a group together for a long time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's it's hard. It's a bit like you know, for me, it would be like oh, Super Junior no, no longer there, right? And it's the mm-hmm. same. I guess it's the same feeling. Uh, but Got Seven now with all the solo, and I think everyone is going to different agencies. Mm-hmm. I don't think any members are going or two members are going to the same agency. So it'd be yeah. interesting to follow each member and their new career path. So yeah, it'd be interesting. But mm-hmm. that gives time for JYP to concentrate on Stray Kids and the new boy group coming from uh, the new show, the SBS Loud Loud show. So it'll be another interesting group. But Treasure, actually, you know what? I might take back. I may not. I, I actually like Treasure debut last year. <laughs> it was a long time waiting, right, Treasure? Yeah. Even we are going crazy. Like my sister and I, we are going crazy and I haven't watched the MV yet and I'm going crazy because I have meeting going on here so I am yet to watch the music video. Did you watch it? It's coming out No. Today. No, I haven't. Not, not yet. I don't think so. Not not yet. But yeah, so we just done um December our project dance project was Treasure Boy. So we have the senior and the junior group. So the uh the young the eight years old average did did the uh, the song boy. Uh, yeah, it was very interesting. It's definitely Treasure was actually come to think about it, I actually was excited because the member, one of the member was from a, another TV show a long time ago, Bang. Bang Yedam. He was long time ago, like he was like from a young kid and then now to see him finally debut in Treasure was like wow, so many years have gone by. So um like Treasure again their survival show i just quit watching it and i just started watching some glimpses of the clips that happened and the very selection process made me nervous and i just uh you know, like minimized the window i just said no stop it i'm not <laughs> watching it anymore sorry just just focus on the debut <laughs> <laughs> yes you know like once you're debuted i will watch you and encourage you because it's really, um, it is also realistic because I think one of the uh, best things that K-pop is being uh, popular this much is because they are being realistic when it comes to the efforts they 
put in as trainees and the hard work they kind of show the picture of how hard it is to debut so ultimately it touches your heart and you feel as if your little boy is going there and performing and he's debuting so for the younger fans you might think that anthea is really old to consider boys i agree <laughs> these days everybody looks younger brothers and kids not even brothers but kids oh my child go and do that show <laughs> it's like if i was a teenage mom you would have been my son <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly so that is cool so who is your favorite member from treasure is it adam no no there was huh? another rapper as a rapper i just forgot his name yoshi. but he has a very uh, i think it's yoshi yes he has a very unique voice to a tone when he's when he's rapping so i i fell in love with his voice then i have to go and watch the uh, the colored coded lyrics right to find out uh, who was singing that so yeah so, my, so I, I think I it might be with, haruto if you're talking about the distinct vocals in the rap because haruto it's definitely Low an voice. international international trainee or international idol i just don't quite remember the from, name unfortunately japan. both are from japan <laughs> yoshi is either from... one of them okay because, but, uh, um like both have distinct uh sound i agree but if it is going to be like instantly you get to realize or find this person's voice it must be haruto So. Mm, I might have to go back. It's either one or the other. But yeah, it was the the voice that captured me. Then I go back and find out about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Treasure was, and then their their debut got delayed, and I was like, wow, that was a long time. They got delayed yeah. for a year or something, and then I was like, wow. <laughs> But when they came out, it was really good. That that first song, just like okay, finally mm-hmm. YG first thirteen boys group, you know, or twelve boys group. So yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, ra- I didn't... it's rare to find a big group like that. Mm, yeah, like uh, in the Weekly Idol, Yonhyuk mentioned that when Treasure debuted, he felt like uh, he remembered his straight debuting days as Super Junior. So he was so much into the boys during the Weekly Idol. I just watched it a few days ago. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's the same number, right? <laughs> yeah. So he was more energized and he he felt so passionate toward the, towards the boys. Uh we could get the energy and the vibe from him. So yeah. Yes, I remember my days as super junior we were trapped to <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so But, you know like after 15 years I'm going to sit with another person a young a uh, host maybe and i'm going to say that treasure used to be 12 like and they're still 12 i really want that be you know like happening for all the groups and uh, like after 15 years we get to talk about treasure like how we are talking about super junior now so yeah super junior is one of the very rare that actually made past that 15 years mm. i don't think there's any other group older they, than they they stood up for the tagline the last man standing so <laughs> no, I think the fans got special power because we're elves. <laughs> Agreed. I'm sure that Super Junior is also going to agree. So no worries. <laughs> uh but yes, so thank you really today for this chat. It was really nice catching up and hopefully one day when travel allows, you know, uh we could have uh traveling to 
to mm. India as well, and yeah, United States. You know, when everything settled down over there as well. So yeah, we we are definitely looking at expanding our experience to um, to further away from us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so not just in Asia, but also to Europe. So mm -hmm. we were planning to do Europe, and um, but yeah, until COVID hit, so mm -hmm. everything postponed. <laughs> I also wish you the best. So, Angela, finally, would you like to promote social media accounts where listeners can follow you and be updated with all your day-to-day -day activities? Uh, yes, so uh, support us in our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. So our YouTube channel is very easy to find. You just need to do K-pop bootcamp mm -hmm. and you will find us there generally on the first page already. So we have reality show from all four years of the bootcamp. So comment in our video and let us know what you think about our bootcamp. And, and we have experiences uh, by our bootcamp trainees that we put out as well when they talk about why they choose to join the bootcamp and what they feel about it and all that kind of stuff. So we publish every Wednesday. So yeah, so comment on the video, let us know. And then if you think that we should visit India one day or America one day, uh, let us know too, or wherever countries you are, so we know, you know, where we should go and expand our bootcamp into next time. Thank you, Angela. And as for Believe in K-pop, you can follow us on Instagram at Believe in K-pop and use hashtag Believe in K-pop on Twitter. And for me, you can definitely follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Anthea Six. So. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, before I forget, of course, we have a Discord channel. If Angela is interested, we would also love to have her. So you can personally chat with her and talk to her via Discord. So uh, do join, uh, DM me so that I can give you the link and you can join our Discord chat. So thank you so much once again, Angela, for joining me. And thank you listeners for listening us through the episode. Uh, I hope you had a lot of fun listening to us and hope it was also informative in uh, so many ways. So thank you once again. Until next week, just make sure to stay safe, spread love and be loved. This is Anthea from Believe in K-pop. Bye. Bye, everybody. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.